Bienvenidos and welcome to the next installment of Lead Media Programming from Studio 54, campus of California State University San Bernardino, the digital media platform for inspired educators, leaders, and community activists and advocates taking our message directly to the people, to the gente. Thank you for sharing our common interests in the analysis, discussion, critique, dissemination, and commitment to the educational issues that impact Latinos. I'm your host, Dr. Enrique Murillo Jr., and this episode is a syndicated replay from season nine of Lead Summit 2018. The theme that year was Viva la Mujer, and the strands and design of the summit that year were all planned and led by the Mujeres of Lead. At the time, Latina girls and women made up one in five females in the United States, and it was predicted by that 2060 are to form nearly one-third of the total female population. As a fast-growing and intellectual constituency, Latinos have made significant strides in progress in a number of areas. Yet this progress has been extremely slow and there is a long way to go to fully close gender, class, educational, and racial ethnic disparities. Ermila Mili Trevino Sauceda was a featured speaker that year. As vice president and co-founder of Alianza Nacional de Campesinas, Inc., a national farm workers women's alliance representing 15 farm worker organizations and groups, she has sat on numerous state and national boards, state and national advisory councils, and task force representing Latinas, the farm worker community, and immigrant women in general on health, violence against women, labor and women's rights, education, environmental, and gender issues. Continue and enjoy the full value and complexity of this episode. We extend our appreciation to all our lead sponsors and partners, planners, volunteers, speakers, and panelists, production team, affiliates, and town hall chapters, and commend them all for lifting their voice and uplifting the plight of Latinos in education. Thank you, gracias, Plaza Camate. How are we doing? Lunch was good? Yes, okay. I recently, I've loved starting with the unity clap. Who, who knows about the unity clap? Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna show it at the beginning and then I'm gonna say, um, everybody knows about saying si se puede, se puede, something like that, right? And then in English, que decimos? Can we do it? Yes, we can, all right, and then Towards the end, if I don't do the clap, you remind me. Está bien? Okay. And then uh, you can clap me if you want me to finish. All right? Okay. Okay. My conversation. Ah. Okay. Let's let's do the clap. Let me let me show it first. Okay. You go. Thank you very much. Thank you, Francis. 
Thank you, Dr. Enrique. Thank you, all the people, wonderful people uh, uh, that are very, very supportive. And the people that, you know, all together made this happen. This is a success. It's great. Uh, I love it. Uh, ever since, you know, as we walked in, I, I do have my mom here with me, and I thank uh, everybody that greeted us, my mom and my sister, Veronica, at one of our, our, our one of the 10 children, I'm the second, you know, uh, and my nephew, Adrian, uh, they wanted to accompany me. So, muchas gracias um, por estar aquí. Um, my mom has a long history also, and this is why I am who I am. Chingona. <laughs> okay, gracias. Um, they asked me if I could, um, I could share a little bit about my history. I'm a good organizer, but I don't know anything about technology, so sorry about this. Can you hear me? Yeah, okay, good. And um, I'm used to, I'm a, I'm a migrant. I was born as a migrant and I will continue being a migrant. So I'm everywhere all the time. So um, bear with me if I'm walking around, I'm so used to it. But I'm, I'm serious, I'm, I'm so used to it. Um, because if I don't, then yo me aburro sola. Yeah, yeah. So as, as I was introduced by Francis, I, I do come from a migrant pharmaco family. Um, it was hard. It was a hard life for all of us, the children that lived uh, migrating from, from one area to another. Yes, we're 10 children. Some of us were born in the, in the state of Washington. Others were born in the state of Idaho. Others were born in Mexico. And we ended up in California, so we ended up traveling, um, um, migrating to find jobs. And uh, there were times that we did live in our cars, because it was very hard to get a place for 12 people. And then the places that we would find were places were in really bad substandard conditions. So all of that together, it was very, very hard. Um, and then as we all know, farm workers, because we were not under the Fair Labor Standards Act in the 60s, 70s, and we still are not uh, nationwide. Um, since 1938, the Fair Labor Standards Act is in effect for all industries except for some, which includes the domestic workers, farm workers, and farm workers. California, because of the United Farm Workers Movement, we do have um, regulations and, and, and we are included because there, there also exists the, the same way there's the National Labor Relations Board for all other industries. Um, uh, the Agricultural Labor Relations Board exists in California. So during the time when Cesar um, Dolores Huerta and Gilberto Padilla organized in the 60s and then the 70s, came to California in the 70s. And when we learned about the importance of organizing and um, we didn't understand as farm workers the importance of organizing at the beginning. 
it was more because we didn't work in the grapes and the union was organizing more in the grapes. And, um, I, and I want to tell this real quick, just because my familia is, is uh, organizadora. We're all organizers. And yo más soy la más descarriada, you know, I'm, I'm the one that's <laughs> everywhere, no? Este, but we do, we ended up learning a lot from the, U, the United Farm Workers. Uh, there were certain flaws that, that, that did happen because the union was not ready for many things uh, during the 70s. And this is the time when, and that we, we were around. And I will always say we learned from the union organizing. I learned to be an organizer uh, through that. I learned to be an organizer through the youth groups that were organized. And I, I wanna give credit to Rosa Marta Zarate, whomever knows she's around here. And, and this is because during the time uh, that I was a youth, uh, she was organizing youth groups with Father Patricio. And um, we were very strong Catholics. Uh, well, we still are. But uh, we, we were during that time, and um, she helped us understand the importance of organizing within the church. And that was very important for us, to the point that I was one of, of 10 youth that were taken, with the support of them, um, taken to uh, Colombia for two months. Never, never in my life I had been away from my family. And then being away for two months in another country was like, ooh, but I loved it. I loved it, and I said, you know, this, and, but it was on leadership development, and it was a lot of things that at the time I didn't know I was going to use all those, uh, everything that I learned, and I've been using it. So it's very, very good. So we're, I, I wanted to mention that because she's around, at least I want her to know that we really appreciate all the hard work that she did during those years. Um, I, I also wanted to share that for example, yes, I, as a campesina, because we call ourselves campesinos, campesinas, verdad? As a campesina, I didn't see myself as like, oh, yo soy una campesina. You know, we, I saw myself as a worker. Hard labor, we love to work. Um, we were working, I worked more uh, picking lemons. Who has worked in the fields? Raise your hands. Good. Some of you are gonna understand what I'm gonna say. Working in the agricultural fields, especially working, picking lemons, you had this long sacks, sacos as we call them in Spanish, and you're, you're getting on ladders, you have to carry the ladder around the tree, and then you have to put it in a certain way, so if not, you fall, and I fell many times, you know? So, Filling the sack, it weighed 70 pounds. You have to fill seven, 17, 16, 17 sacks to fill the VIN. And the first year I could only, every day I could only fill two VINs during the day. And I was exhausted. By the fifth year, I was competing with my brothers, filling five, six VINs and in less than eight hours. But I loved my work. 
but it was very bad paid. Um, but when, when we learned about the United Farm Workers, we didn't want to join the union because um, uh, grape workers were earning very little. It was by the hour, so it was less. We were earning more. But what really pushed us to get organized was the pesticides we were being sprayed when we were working. It's, it, my, I, I know my mother during her, in the 60s in Idaho, and then us in the 70s, had, we, we were sprayed. And I know my, my mother has a lot of health issues because of that. And um, because she worked plenty of years, and it, and I think she lost some pregnancies. You would say, well, she already had ten children. Yeah, but that, you know, her reproductive system was damaged, and um, and other other health issues. And um, and we have several of our sisters who also have health health issues because of that. And that's not just it. Um, we also didn't have any, any, any um, sanitary, los baños as we call them. So for men it's much easier, but for women you know what it has to happen. Then we would go and hide behind the trees and then we would find out someone else was watching. It's like, give me a break. But sometimes it was not intentional. Um, but. You know, for us, that and then we were not paid our wages. There was a lot of wage and still, many of the things I'm talking about are still happening. This is why we're still organizing. And um, so we decided to join the union and that's how I learned. Not because women were, were taking the leadership during those years, it was, um, my father was, was very adamant in terms of convincing the other senores about the importance of get, getting organized, but he didn't have that much school. Actually, he, did, he had very little school because he also was a farm worker in, from Texas. And um, so he would always ask me to help him out in terms of writing information or talking f for him or with him uh, to, to, to talk to the rest of the workers. And um, because he was a negotiator. He, he was hired by the union because people had a lot of support. You know, it supported my dad because era de hueso colorado, as we call him, no? Well, where I'm getting at here is that um, I tagged along my dad and I see the majority were men. And it was, that, that's not bad. They were all very respectful with me, but I didn't see other women, much less other uh, teenagers like me or young adults. But I learned to organize and I learned that organizing with a familia is one of the best things you can do. So I learned with time that there's a lot of power if you are working as a collective. My mom showed us, the, the elders of, uh, in my family, my, 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 my siblings and I, to do everything together. Of course, when we would go to Mexico, she would say, no, mija, mijos, ustedes vayan a correr allá afuera because, you know, it's not seen right that the boys are washing dishes or things like that. But when we were here in the United States, which we spend more time here, uh, it was very different. Um, I, I want to concentrate on, on several things and, and um, 
maybe it's this. Because of all the things that were happening to us, migrating from one place to another, we would migrate from the Coachella Valley to the Palo Verde, which is in Blythe, whoever knows that, those areas, to Borrego Springs, and then come back to in the Riverside area. Because it was all citrus, not just lemons, it was uh, grapefruit, um, oranges, we did all that work. And then we, when we would go to the Central Valley, it was the almendra, the almonds, and some of the, some of the grape work. When we would do that kind of work, um, we would see many, many, many other workers um, go through some hard times. We never had the issue of immigration because most of us were either born here or we had our permanent residency. But we saw many people and we ended up housing a lot of them in Apenas cabíamos nosotros, and they also, you know, we, my, my, my parents would also say, you know, we want to protect them, you know, in different ways they would do that. And um, so I, I, I ended up getting a lot of those principles. But what really caught me was organizing. When you organize, if you organize by yourself, you can make a difference. But when you organize with many, you change the world. And when you organize, then I learned that when you organize with mujeres, oh man, quítate porque hay boy, ¿verdad? It's like that. So, so there's there's different things um, that happened in my life that that really resonates every time I'm I'm talking to with people, and this is that you all, you all, people that I'm talking with, you all have your own experience. You all have gone through so much obstacles, hardship, and things that it's a matter of how hard it hits you and, and, and how quick you, you, you get up from that. And it makes you stronger if you learn from that. So I want to thank every single one of you for being here because there's you have your own purposes in life and if you're here is because you're interested in education you're interested in health you're interested in the well-being you're in, interested in the security of your community and because you want others to also learn from that so gracias muchas gracias Okay, todavía no termino. Okay, todavía no termino. Okay, so the what I'm what I'm what I love also to share is this. When I worked for California Rural Legal Assistance, it's a legal services agency for ten years. They hired me from the fields because we were organizing in the fields. Of course, that organizing. Whomever knows how to, how, you know, what organizing takes um, in a company, you might get fired, right? Well, I was fired several times. It was not an easy thing, especially when they say burlan de ti and they, they, you know, take it, you know, they belittle you. There are different things happen, no? Um, at the same time, as a teenager and a young adult, um, as an organizer um, and a worker, especially a worker, 
um, I was, I learned about my rights. But during that time, this is why I'm saying that the, the union and many other people were not, were not prepared. Um, I was being sexually harassed. I am lucky I was not raped. I was being sexually harassed by the crew leader who was very close friends with my dad. So you all can know it was very hard for me to say something. And when I did try to say something, my dad, pobrecito, he didn't know how to deal with it. So he started asking me, but in a form of questioning. You know what happens when you question people. You start feeling like you're at fault. And I remember only crying and crying and not wanting to say anymore. And when all this was happening, I didn't know other women were going through the same thing. So I silenced myself for the rest of the years that I worked in the fields. So what do you think happened? I was harassed in other places because I became very vulnerable, knowing that maybe I was not going to be believed or maybe I was, people were going to shame me or maybe people were going to, me iban a echar la culpa, you know? I was going to be at fault. All these myths that I didn't understand, I just knew that that's the way that were some of the traditions. And, um, and then the other is the taboo. You don't talk about sexuality. You don't talk about sex. You don't talk about anything related to that. So it kept me from sharing. So it kept me more inhibited. So it was, it was much easier for the abusers because there were different companies. It wasn't just in one company, different companies. What we have found out through our, all the research that we've done since 1988 through now, that nine out of 10 women in the fields have been sexually harassed at least once in their lifetime at work. Count nine out of 10 women, 99 out of 100 women. So what does that mean? Or 90, actually. But it's too many. How many of you have seen uh, the film Rape in the Fields? Raise your hand. You need to see that. You need to see it. Our organization helped this um, researcher done by PBS. They were presented in PBS and all that. They helped bring out to light this kind of issue. This is just one out of, out of many other issues that women go through, the discrimination. When I was pregnant, I was fired. Well, I'm lucky I was just pregnant once, you know? So I was fired. I was fired, and, and uh, I had to do something else because we needed to support, you know, the family. But then... In a certain point in time, I started to understand que mejor that I didn't have to do that kind of work, verdad? Because of the chemicals. Well, anyway, where I'm getting at right now is um, when with time, because I was hired, because I was a, an organizer, and uh, there were many different, there's many different stories that, we, that I, along other women and men, 
at the beginning went through about abuse, exploitation, um, minimization about who we are, all that went by. When I started understanding that it wasn't just happening to me, oh, that angered me very much because I really, se me prendió el foco. I really started understanding, sabes Camille, if you keep shut, what's gonna happen? The continuum of abuse, the cycle of abuse keeps happening. If the abuser is abusing one person, you will always find out they're abusing many other women. We have helped many women that have not just been assaulted like me, they've been raped in the fields. Not so far from here, Rivera, Rivera Company. Too bad it's a Latino company. It was a Latino company. Several women complained. And when after they complained, there was a lawsuit. And the discovery in all that is that not only the mayordomos, not only the supervisors, not only the general supervisors, the owner and some workers were raping women in the fields. That is very sad. It's a culture that has been created as easy as that. That's not fair. That's not fair. So when we started talking, it was very, very hard for us. We could talk among ourselves, but we were not willing to talk somewhere else. So let me real quick say this. I was working, yes, for that legal services agency. I felt that I, I already knew what to give people because I'm from that community. I was giving information. I was telling people, this is what you can do. This is, these are all your rights. And then I, was, I started questioning, why don't do people do anything? ¿Por qué no hacen nada? ¿Por qué no se defienden? Porque, you know, I started questioning. And then it was a slap in my face. When I learned, Mili, you're not the savior. Give the information and people will decide when. And you know how, how that came about? It's when we did this needs assessment, this needs assessment about, and, and um, because your students are here and faculty, look this up. It's the Pharmacal Women's Needs Assessment by Maria Elena Lopez Trevino. And she did this um, master's thesis with pharmac about pharmacal women. And some of us helped in terms of putting together the, the questionnaire. I'm gonna say it real quick because ya se me está acabando el tiempo and I wanted to say many other things, okay. Um, uh, it was about um, finding out all the issues that pharmacal women were going through, their families, education, um, it, their Immigration, not necessarily about immigration status, about immigrating to the United States um, uh, in terms of violence against women. We didn't use those terms because we knew it was going to be kind of hard. Um, and um, actually, that uh, thesis got an award at Cal State Long Beach because she was doing her, her, her thesis over there. And without having, I didn't, I didn't go to high school, okay, to start with. And um, I was already helping with that. 
um, I learned about not having limits after after organizing and um, doing many other things. So when when we did this um, this uh, assessment, what helped me really understand that wanting to do something in the community is not just taking something to people and saying, here it is, I have the information for you, I know what you need. Al contrario, get them involved, get them engaged, get them to learn more, help them understand that they have the power of deciding what it's gonna happen with their life. That changed my life. The women were not saying that when we were interviewing them. They were saying all the issues, all the problems, but then there was a question towards the end or several questions towards the end that were helping us understand what is it that they think needs to be done to, to do change in all these issues that they were sharing. Some of them se estaban quejando de all the service providers, okay? That the bad, whatever, different things, right? Well, what helped me really understand that the work I was doing is just service. It wasn't changing. It was giving information to people, yes. But getting them involved to see themselves as, ¿sabes qué? Yo no voy a esperar que, me, que venga alguien a salvarme. I'm not going to wait for anybody to come and save me. So the women started saying, if there are any groups for women, or is there any support for us? So the, but, uh, I mean, in their own words, they were saying all this. So the women that were uh, interviewing, the interviewers, we would get together. As an organizer, I would get them together. Les, vamos a hablar. Y, 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 you know what I'm learning from them is that they're not, at, they're not expecting us to go and save them. They're not expecting us to just give them what services exist. They want a space so that they can also learn and do something for themselves for their families, for their community, and the ripple effect goes on and on. It was very hard for me to take that. This is why I'm saying it was a slap in my face because I learned I am not the savior. And then from there on, we started inviting women in the different areas, and I can only tell you that some of the women that work with us that are still in the movement were the women that helped us start organizing with Mujeres Mexicanas and then Lideres Campesinas and then we now have a national organization of Farmerica women. And nadie nos ha parado y no nos van a parar. This, it's about, yes, determination. It's about, you know, and, and I see Dr. Enrique very close to me. That means that I need to stop that. So, um, so does this make sense with everybody? Yes? Is it just because I'm up here that you're saying yes? I mean, tell me the truth. <laughs> so if anything, what we have learned is I was making a lot of difference on my own. But organizing with more people and learning that everybody has something to offer or many things to offer 
makes a lot of difference. So I completely believe in the power of the collective. For me, that's it. So in California, we organize 11 chapters of Pharmaco Women, chingonas. I'm serious, chingonas. And what, what is it that we, we don't only do information to distribute. We go to the, to the councils, we go to the commissions, and some of them are wanting to become commissioners, and some of them are want to be part of the city councils, and we're going as far as that. It's not, nothing stopping us. It's not about convincing only the public officials. It's becoming one. Right? And learning from that. So this is this and many other things we have learned. Of course, we have gone to China. We have gone to South Africa. We have gone to Europe. We have gone to Latin America, to many places where the women are talking our issues but are saying, this is what we're doing to create change because it's us that are going to be able, as we learn and we work together, is we're going to make the changes in our communities. And the last thing is, who has heard about Time's Up and what's going on in the entertainment industry with sexual harassment in the workplace, the actresses? Raise your hand. Yo sé que todos saben. Okay. Our organization, Alianza Nacional de Campesinas, with Líderes Campesinas, which is the organization here, helped put together that open letter for the, the women and men in the entertainment industry, saying, we understand what you're going through. We are not surprised, but we're with you, and we believe you. And we will stand right next to you because the only way this culture of violence against women is going to change is that all of us join and work together. So, hacemos el aplauso. <laughs>